Let's Happy Friday, boys. Happy, Happy Friday to you, sir. Friday. Thank you so much. Like, really, thank you. It means a lot. I love that I get to open my Friday mornings with you guys now. It's great. I don't have enough of you in my life. Friday oh, shit, morning. In the background. Monday uh, can, live streams. Yeah, I like can, it. Can we, let's drop. Let's drop this. Uh, drop this link in the the Discord announcements. Okay. Yeah. Let me get. Let me get that going on here. Get that going. Okay. Um. Can I just say my Fridays couldn't be any better. My days couldn't be any better. I wake up. I'm. I'm still doing the early mornings. Five thirty. Up and at it. Jim. Look at look at my chest. Can you just look at my chest? And then I'm going straight into the sauna. It's unfortunately not 175, as Huberman suggests, as the as the data as the as the <laughs> as the data suggests. Um, it's 165. And then, and I'm getting better and better at staying in longer. And then it's like ice cold shower right after. Like I, I, I feel amazing. Less wow. caffeine. Like everything's working. It's almost like you're ready to have a have a baby. I mean, you're I sound like I'm ready to sell you on this lifestyle and there's a funnel and it's $67, $69 Ty Lopez style hustler university. <laughs> but I really am. Yeah, you were pumped on it uh Wednesday. We were chatting, chatting about baby things. Yeah. Man. And you were you were stoked. I am stoked. It's good shit. Baby's still <laughs> in the oven though. So we're here. Uh, oh shit! Rectum wants to see the quads. Ah, <laughs> uh, I got jeans on. Give the man on, what he brother. wants. I got give jeans the on. Give man bro. what he wants. I will one day. Like, I definitely will. I'll drop that in the Discord. Yeah. All right. Sure. I'll be. All uh, right. Let's anxiously waiting that. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. We want. What do you? What do, do we have? Some uh, any announcements? Anything you want to tell the viewers to do? First of all, please subscribe. If for some reason you're watching this and you're not subscribed uh, on yeah. YouTube, especially we're trying to trying to boost up the YouTube these days. That's why we're doing the live streams now. We got the growth coming in, grew like 30, 30 or 40 percent in the last couple of weeks from uh, from modest <laughs> yeah. numbers to slightly, uh, <laughs> slightly. We more have more people numbers. in our discord than we do on YouTube. So yeah. that's, that's saying something. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I'm loving this YouTube thing. So yeah, for people that don't know that are listening, we're doing this live at 9.30 a.m. Pacific on YouTube. If you're on the YouTube channel, I find it kind of confusing because when you just look at the videos, you don't see it. You have to click specifically on the live tab to see the old, uh, the older episodes like that. But I'll create a playlist for all full episodes so that they're all in there in order. Um, and then beyond that, oh yeah, one big, one big announcement we'd love your feedback on. So we officially are... Um, we, we have our videos on Spotify. So the full episode videos are also going to be on Spotify. You may have noticed some podcasts are able to do this. Um, we set it up so that we can, and uh, that now gives you, you know, multiple locations to be able to either listen or watch. So yeah, there's even a little comment box in there. Hit us back. Let us know what you think of having the, the video in Spotify, but Spotify for me is my default podcast player. Um, I really like the UI. So I'm stoked that we have our video in there. But um, of course, if you want to join live, you got to be on the YouTubes. Amen, brother. Well, Amen, brother. Amen. All right. I want to see you get liquidated. 
(laughs) (laughs) You got any, uh, Nick, you got any alfalfa for us? Want to do some alfalfa around? Well, yeah, I mean, I was kind of um, thinking about uh, our little transitory Goldilocks thing that we've been we've been talking about uh, for the past uh, couple weeks. Um, I met uh, with up with the J.P. Morgan bankers again, and they certainly feel a little Goldilocks uh, for the rest of the year. Um, and I was trying to think, okay, if if we, you know, believe this is transitory Goldilocks, what kinds of things? Um, should we look for as something that could kind of stop this, uh, you know, little bull run we've been seeing as of late. And I, I put a list of things down and starting around February 1st. So just in a few days. So, um, the FOMC could be a little trigger that could, uh, tamp this, a little bull run down. They, they could also next, next Wednesday. Yeah, it is. Ooh. Um, but they could also announce a pause, which could mean a bull run. So that's something to keep in mind that could certainly keep the party going. Um, we know from Chem Carson, uh, mid-February is kind of like a, a flows uh, important date in terms of potential um, you know, uh, decline in asset prices. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have March 21st and June 13th are um, other FOMC days, but that's particularly where... Um, they have those SCP readings. So the dot plot readings on when fed presidents see how they see interest rates moving forward. So that could be the one where market expectations and what the fed want for fed funds rate kind of start to, uh, equate to each other and, and merge. And that could kind of slow things down. The other thing I was looking at was, um, you know, in June and July is I think kind of when the debt ceiling deadline really comes in. So we might see an end of those debt ceiling negotiations in June or July. And we expect that the treasury general account balance is going to decline all the way up until that point. But when the debt ceiling is eventually lifted, uh, the the treasury is going to be able to, uh, you know, build up some cash, take some liquidity out of the market. And that might be a trigger for things to slow down. And then the last one I've been thinking about is the, uh, the kind of three month, 10 year inversion clock. So we had previously talked, I think, in late last year about um, when you see this three-month, 10-year inversion, when does the actual decline in GDP start to happen? When does the recession start to happen? And um, you know, 100% of the time, there is no recession in the first six months. Um, and from six months to 12 months from the inversion, there's a recession 25% of the time. Um, but when you start to get in the 12 to 18 month time period, um, you know, the majority of the time, the recession actually kicks in 12 to 18 months after the three month, 10 year inversion. So our inversion was in late October. So, you know, you're putting it towards the, the end of the year. So basically what I've kind of found is that like, let's say from mid February, maybe to June, July, and maybe all the way to October, there are, could be these like series of triggers or events that could slow us down if we, if you if your main core thesis is that there is a recession coming and that um, things things will slow down eventually, so I don't know. I just been thinking about um, you know my different portfolios. I have my crypto portfolio. I have my you know public equity portfolio. The real estate's just kind of on autopilot, so not much to do there. Is should I kind of start moving some of those things in into cash, particularly the public equities portfolio, because um, it's always been in kind of growth growth mode. Um, and maybe starting like mid-February, take 20% of it, 25% of it, move it to cash, 
maybe in a couple months, move another 25% to cash and kind of just uh, slowly DCA, DCA and kind of reduce my risk exposure. So Man, I don't know, those are of, listed triggers. You're thinking of going to cash. That's interesting. I was, I was about to ask you guys if you feel like you are uh, underexposed to risk. Yes. I feel like Armand thinks he feels like he's yes. a little underexposed. Yeah, we had a good conversation um, off lines. I'm uh, getting ready to move into some alts. Um, I feel underexposed to risk. That's the best way I can put it. I really like flow. I really have like just a handful of tokens that I'm looking at where I just like, you know, my unsophisticated version of looking at the charts and being like, yep, that's the right spot. I like this spot. And I'm looking <laughs> at approximately like a three to six month time horizon on these trades and i don't trade ever if you know i don't trade often trade rarely but uh, i'm feeling pretty good about putting like i don't know i told steven like 10k into this just putting a little having a little fun and trying to turn 10 into 30 or more <laughs> um or it goes to zero that's the way i'm viewing this cool but i do feel pretty good about some of these um these alts they're just absolutely flatlined and um if the market is going to do what it's currently doing um I, I i could see i could see some of these performing pretty well hmm. i mean the, the market has room to to run it has all the the setup to, to run i don't know for how how much longer you know it could be one of these triggers could take several of them to to pause in my mind but uh i feel okay yeah. because in my mind the my whole crypto portfolio is risk it's just pure risk so you don't um, want riskier little 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 uh edge it out even more not right now no <laughs> wow. um, i'm happy to watch that, the, watch that you, run the opportunity has been given to you and you're you're just ah, i'm not gonna take it mm, no i mean i i don't know if uh it needs to be taken now i don't know if it needs to be hurt you know i need to hurry to take it yeah, now definitely don't. what, what percentage of your that. portfolio is in risk would you say Oh, that's a good point. Maybe it's your net low. worth. What percentage of your net worth, or your liquid net worth, like is yeah, liquid risk. net worth. Um, what is what is non-risk? <laughs> bonds, cash. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't consider real estate like as he does it risk, although it's certainly yeah. on the spectrum. But, but when I say risk, I mean risk like we talk about risk, like we who you yeah, okay from our perspective. All right, I am uh, slightly less than ten uh, percent in crypto currently and you're already talking about dcaing out you that's <laughs> no, no, no. so <laughs> phenomenal for no, a, talking about for the crypto investor like like a true DJ. public equities i'm talking about the public equities dcaing those not the crypto can just stay yeah yeah why not dca them into crypto go riskier <laughs> no no i don't want to do that i don't want to do that well, what percentage is in equities um, it says 28%. Okay. So you've got like 40% of your, of your portfolio is, is, is in risk in, in, in risk. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I like thought that, you were I saying like that's 10%. acceptable. That's acceptable. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can live with that. I never feel like I have enough when it's going. Glad on. I have it's your just... guys' approval. Yeah. Well, no, cause like we're, you know, this, we, we have to live by the ethos here. Um, so if you ever drop it below 25, we'll, we'll talk. No, I, I hope, <laughs> uh, I think, you know, if, if you want to go all cash, you should do it. Yeah. That's not a bad point. Um, at the right time, that's not a bad point at all. 
Well, I mean, do you guys wanna, that can, can we break down the PCE data yeah. a little bit? Because that number came out this morning and it's, I feel like it's one of those potential signal numbers and sort of like an ocean of, of noise. And I don't know, it's kind of all over the place and the market seemed to react all over the place. We went up, we went down. I think we're going back up again now. Um, Cause there's like, a lot in there, right? We're dealing with three sorts of cycles as as investors right now, right? We're dealing with kind of like the growth cycle, the inflation cycle, and the liquidity cycle. And then depending on how these things play out, like this is going to be bullish or bearish for the for the coins, ultimately. Um, and I think like you could look in the numbers and see what you want to see to an extent for like each of these things. Um, like as far as the growth cycle goes, um, there was like this big decline in real personal uh, consumption expenditures, like a negative 0.3 on the three month. Um, this is kind of triggering recessionary fears. Like we want to basically have Goldilocks, right? And Goldilocks is like, ah, we, we pull, we pull off, um, on the, the brakes, right? The Fed's like, okay, I'm gonna like see if the plane can land a little bit. I'm gonna stop diving it into the ground uh, for no reason. Um, but we don't want growth to kind of go away, right? We want we want enough kind of growth and activity, like there's like that there's, but not so much that there's inflation, but not so much that we go into recession because the second the market starts going, oh fuck, like growth is going off a cliff then we, we kind of die again. But instead of dying because of the inflation liquidity cycle, we're now dying because of the, uh, the growth cycle. So, so there's that. Um, I, know that uh, I know that our buddy Darius was pointing out that uh, a good chunk of this was driven by uh, like a one-off decline in like auto sales. Um, there's a lot of noise in this data where you could be like, ah, oh, right. that was kind of like a thing that's not gonna happen again. We've also seen like like real goods, like it's just goods are going off a cliff. Like we're, we're in this weird period where we're full kind of bullwhip, it seems, on like the goods. There's people, they, they, um, they manufacture too much stuff, they overestimated demand, and now there's just kind of cheap goods flooding the market, right? But at the same time, incomes are not really doing that. And that's like the, uh, the, the, the tricky kind of uh, push pull here in the data. The, the, the Fed has shown that they're going to be focused more on income growth, it seems, and a little less on inflation uh, moving forward. Uh, did you see anything in the, the data as far as like income that was like interesting yeah. to you, Nick? Yeah, um, it looks like uh, compensation growth, which I think the last time we talked about it was growing at 6.2% last time we talked about it on the podcast. And so that growth is slowed to 4%. And the reason that's meaningful is because now that number is lower than the current Fed funds rate. And I think the last time we talked about this as well, we mentioned that the Fed funds rate needs to get above that compensation growth percentage. And that's what the Fed might need to see in order to um, be confident that inflation, uh, the core part of inflation will, will slow down because uh, wage growth isn't always going to kind of continually boosting up the core part of that inflation. It also happens uh, to be the case that anytime that Fed funds rate gets above that compensation growth, 
in past business cycles, it's it's kind of signaled that uh, we are close to uh, recession. So, um, you know, it, it it can be taken bullish that uh, we see inflation going down, and maybe could feel a little more confident that it it will cool down, but uh, bearish in the sense that that's a potentially signal for a recession um, mm-hmm. coming up. And I think it just depends, like, is if the Fed decides to say, hey, we feel confident about this, we pause, um, you know, you could definitely have this scenario where that $2 trillion in the reverse repo facility just starts to free up and starts taking risk and duration risk and credit risk and starts being put into the market. So I, I don't know which way to look at it. It seems a little confusing both ways. Um, but in my mind, this, it kind of like, it could potentially reinforce, like marginally reinforce this transitory Goldilocks where we see people get excited that the Fed could pause in the, in the next like couple months. But in the end, we know that uh, this is uh, maybe telltale signs of uh, recession coming in in later months, in the later part of the year. Hmm. Yeah, it seems would you, like- What'd uh, you get from it? It seems like you could see the, the, the kind of overall broad picture, inflation's going down. Is it going down to a level that is going to be consistent with their mandate? Or are we going to kind of peter out at like, you know, two and a half or three? And will they be okay with that? That's like a problem for later, I think, um, maybe in, you know, Q2. Right now, as an investor, you, you can look at this data and go, ooh, like, well, the Fed like has good reason to pull off uh, you know, to, to kind of like to, to ease up right here and, and, and stop just choking us with their hands around their necks. Um, so on the one hand, that's good, but the market doesn't want to go, oh, well, actually, this is the data is like too good. It's so good that it's bad, right? Because <laughs> we've been in this like kind of wacko, good is bad, bad is good regime for a long time. And, um, you know, the bad data has been good to an extent. But if the bad data is too bad, then it it becomes bad. I, yeah, I, I, I should charge <laughs> money for this brilliant analysis. I mean, this is really uh, this is really great here. Um, but yeah, the, the, I, I think that we're good to go for a while more with this. I do. I, I think the main thing here that people still have to remember is that there is an incredible amount of liquidity in the system still. Like we are nowhere near pre-COVID levels. Like you look at anything, right? You look at like household, like like savings rate, uh, not savings rates, but like literal cash balances and bank. I mean, there's so much money in the system. So I, I really see a potential powder keg here, right? And this is kind of kicking me because this is, this is like the thesis I had over the summer when I bought like a lot of ETH around like 1,000, 1,100. And I was talking about how we could have this period where um, people's real incomes continue to rise and price of goods and stuff actually falls. People are like kind of richer in real terms for a period of time. Um, the falling of goods and everything makes Fed go like, ah, maybe inflation's not so bad. They ease up. And then on top of it, everybody's still sitting on just such massive stockpiles of cash. Like it you know, it, it, you, you, I thought we were, there was a good probability that we had a melt up. Now that didn't end up happening at the end of summer, right? And I kind of got the fuck out with a little bit of a scratch, made a little bit of money, but not as much as I should have. And then we thought we were actually going to go to hell in the fall, but then maybe that was like a double bottom. And maybe what we were talking about in the summer is now actually playing out. Inflation's down, 
incomes are like remaining high and sticky. People's real wealth is actually pretty good. Uh, Fed is like been doing this for a while. They're conscious of what might happen They're They're kind of easing off. Like it, it makes complete sense to me that um, we are rallying so hard in, in, in risk assets. And then when you couple this with the additional dynamic of the debt ceiling, and what's happening with the, the the treasury right what you're seeing is that like net liquidity it should have been going down this whole time and it, it's not it's actually been ticking up this year and we have reason to believe it will stay elevated for some period of time so um i am looking to get like even more long than i already am like i fortunately did like very quickly double up on my risk allocation like in in january and i was adding a little bit in december around like you know 11 or, or, or 12 on ETH, but like I'm the kind of guy who wants to be like all in <laughs> or like all out and I'm probably like half in uh, right now. So I am looking to add more on a pullback, but I don't I don't know. I have some thoughts on the pullback <laughs> and when it might come or how it might come. But like I, I'm, I'm curious, like how are, are, are you are you? You, you don't sound like you want to buy any more crypto. Well, let me let me ask you, like what what time horizon are you talking about here? Because I agree with everything you're saying. It just, I get a little nervous about going, uh, pushing more chips. And when at any point from, you know, two to six months, you know, there are things that could come up that could, that could turn the train around. So, and I don't know if I want to get that cute with my portfolio in terms of trading, you know, three to six month time horizons, but I do want to, you know, manage risk. And, you know, so I don't know what, when you were describing that, how long are you looking out? So my, time horizon for like kind of the, the way I approach this stuff now is I, I sort of am doing like spot trades with like my two one to two quarter thesis. So this is like a three to six month thing that I, cool. you know, from the beginning of the year where I kind of wanted to be bullish. So I feel like what's easiest for me is to be like accumulating spot at these points where I want to buy more spot. But then I'm like aggressively hedging like I'm going, I'm taking like short scalps. I'm, you know, I am selling, selling calls. I'm doing a lot of stuff to pull risk back off the table. Like when I, when I see like a, an opportunity uh, to do that and it's easier for me to do that than to just keep buying and selling my spot position. Cause it, it gets me all messed up because I really am managing two different trades in my head. I'm managing the one to two quarter trade. And I'm also managing like the one to two week trade, right? Like right now I am like heavily hedged, right? I'm still net long, but I have like a big short on ETH because I am kind of, I feel very iffy about the crypto market um, where we are right now. Um, and I do think there's like a really good chance that we, we get like a pretty nasty pullback. I, I can feel the FOMO from people. Like I can feel mm. not to single out Armand, but like I'm hearing this from a lot of people. <laughs> like, oh, I gotta, I feel like I gotta buy. I'm missing it. Right. And the market has its way of just right when everybody's like, it's not giving me a pullback. It's not going to give me a pullback. It's going to go, it's going to go, Bitcoin's going straight to 30 K and then like, bam, just absolutely punches you in the face. So, and, yeah, and you look at that Nick and say that's short term bear. That that's exactly why you'd rather sit on the sidelines, like the last part of that that analysis. Yes, um, but I will say, you know, like you know, when it comes to like meme lines and moving averages, like um, we have moved above those, and there's a good strategy for like as soon as you get above those, you know, you you buy because uh, price 
you know, has a funny way of informing narrative, you know, like if you look at the S&P 500, there's this like huge line from the last like 12 months and the price is always like, you know, been a lower high and just ticked that line and then went back down. And well, this time we went above it, um, and kind of mm. broke the pattern. And, um, I think that price might fuel narrative. It might fuel the Goldilocks narrative. It might fuel the soft landing narrative. And so that may be a good time to just, you know, ride, ride the trend. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know if I have the the skills or the talent and the the focus to to do it. Um, but what in, in you know in my portfolio, since there's more in public equities, you know, I'm looking at I'm happy to watch that thing continue to to go up. But as we start reaching certain levels and maybe uh, certain time horizons, like just start to peel some cash off, um, because I, I I do feel more confident that like I think the stock market will go lower. I don't know, and maybe hit new lows. I don't know if the crypto market will necessarily, but I feel a little more confident that say the S and P 500 um, will hit new lows. So that's why I'm a little more uh, maybe excited to pull some cash off. If things continue to run. I can see an argument for being bullish crypto versus stocks. It like makes a lot of sense to me actually, especially over like a five year time horizon. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of how I feel. Like I'm not really in a rush to buy stock. I mean, I mean, I might buy stocks that are related to, to mining or, you know, commodities or something like that, or some boring recession proof industry, like, like healthcare, or, you know, <laughs> something like that, but yep. I'm not in a rush to run out and buy the next like Shopify or something like that. Cause it's just, it could be like a world of pain for those things. But I mm -hmm. think when you have something like Bitcoin, which is just purely like liquidity trade probably. And you have something like ETH, which isn't really correlated with earnings. It's, it's correlated with like usage of a particular network. I guess it's got its own earnings in a particular way, but it, it's to me, it's like, it's somewhat uncorrelated, maybe in, even entirely uncorrelated from what's happening with like cash flows in, in the, in the, uh, you know, the TradFi markets. And it's also yeah, I mean clear to me that like ETH is going to actually respond to interest rates in the same way that stock valuations respond to interest rates. Like it responded here because it was like a kind of like a one correlation event where everything is just like, ah, it's a giant interest rate trade. But once that trade kind of goes away and we reach some sort of equilibrium, I, I don't know that ETH is going to go down in the future because interest rates go up. That doesn't necessarily follow for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, when you take a look at the the ETH chart and just kind of thinking over the next like six months or next two quarters, do you, do you still kind of think we're somewhat range bound over the next time period? Or is there kind of a uncapped, uh, you know, price uh, forecast for you and ETH at this point? Like, do you think this is the start of something, something bigger? Well, should, should I pull up the magic lines? Mm -hmm. Please do pull up some magic lines for everybody. Share my screen. All right. Sharing my screen. Good okay. You see it. Yeah. So nice. the way I am kind of looking at this right now is we've, we've sort of got a range like here that I'm interested in at the top. Let me make that a little bigger. So here, like around 2000 or so, um, this is sort of like a, a top of a range that, that, that I see. 
And then I think we've got the uh, bottom, you know, maybe around here towards the summer lows, maybe like a thousand. So roughly a thousand to two thousand, like I see a range. And, and, and I do see like a, a big potential for us to do something similar to what Bitcoin did in 2019. We basically kind of like accumulated in this little, we broke down, we, we accumulated a little bit, then we immediately just like sort of went up to the top of like a prior range, uh, got everybody really excited before we sort of broke down again, went back to the bottom of that range and then accumulated for a while. So, you know, like that, that might look something um, like, uh, like, like this on ETH for the people watching, right? Like you, I, I fully expect like something where we can kind of come up here and like run, run this high maybe, and then kind of get back down below 2000 and then kind of just dump down, you know, and possibly reaccumulate for a while all the way into 2024 and then go back up. So I, I think this is sort of like my base case from like a, like a year type perspective. Um, so we're kind of towards the top of 2000 relative to the bottom of the range right now. I'm not super eager to buy like a ton of spot up here, but I might make a trade up here. Like if we go a little higher, I might flip long. Um, what I really am interested in is if so, so, so what concerns me about crypto, right? Is that if you pull up like a, uh, if you pull up like a 12 hour chart here and you, you see this in a lot of, of crypto right now, you, 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 you have this situation where over the past couple of weeks, we, we've made these like higher highs, um, right. And you see this on a lot of coins, you see it on ETH, especially we peaked at like, 16 like 20 ish and then we had a run up to like 1670 before we kind of came back down um this has been paired with uh so if you use like a momentum you know indicator like i do like the rsi like you can see that like the the although the price has been going up the the relative strength of these moves up is dramatically lower this is this is a bearish divergence this is not something you want to be buying into necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean you want to be short but like mm, it's it's definitely a red flag for me uh, i also like to use the the awesome oscillator as well i don't know if we've talked about this but like mm -mm. also like you've got this higher you get this high and then lower high so on but the price and the momentum indicators right now i and are just like really ugly to me right because they're divergent from each other specifically yes. like you want these things to be a little more confluent right now, if we just stay up here long enough and these indicators just sort of reset, that's the thing now is like if RSI just kind of resets back down to 50 and stays here, well, now we might just be consolidating here and we might have the juice for a leg up again, right? So it's not like you can just stay here forever and then just short and you make money eventually. At a certain point, you have to kind of, ah, if you're short, you have to get the fuck out of Dodge, right? Which is a point where I'm at right now. Like I am... I am short here because like <laughs> this looks scary too. Like if you uh, if you pull up an ETH chart and you pull up this like uh, kind of late October move, like right before FTX, before we like died and we thought we were like really <laughs> really going to hell. Like this this structure here that we formed from uh, like late October to November <laughs> looks like looks very almost, similar. It, look, it looks like we're just about to go whoom right here. Yeah. So and the then, time horizon you're looking at is looks like you know last week last week and a half of october through through the first week or two of of november and it does look eerily similar setup yeah so so 
if you're on the sidelines here and you're like, I want to get in and I'm dying. Um, well, first off, maybe just add a little here so you don't die. I've always found that just just buying a little bit like you, you want to allocate 10,000. Just, just put a thousand in now. Like who cares? And you will feel so much mentally better from putting that thousand in, even if it's the top, even if it's like two thousand, right? And then just kind of buying on the way down because you're gonna you're gonna kill yourself and you're like you're you're gonna finally capitulate and yolo the whole thing in when we go we break up higher. It'd be like fuck it, I don't care. And then that'll be the top, and then you'll just lose <laughs> everything. Like that's I've, I've seen that movie like many times. So if you're if you're fomoing hard, just just buy a little now. Just just do it. Just. Just get it over with. And and I think ETH is kind of like a good one to buy because see how ETH has made this like double drive here? There's a lot of alts um, that if you kind of pull up their chart. So let me pull up. I think Adam is a good example of this. Um, or like uh, Link. Uh, yeah, Link is a good example of this. Like there's a lot of charts that look like Link that are alts where they've made one, two, like three drives higher. Mm -hmm. Um, so if this final drive kind of fails, this is like a really classic bearish, like formation here. So a lot of alts have already formed this, um, but you could get long ETH on the, under the, uh, you know, guys here that maybe it's, maybe it's got this one push. This is where I'm talking about maybe making another trade here. I can see an argument that ETH is going to kind of, uh, consolidate here and then kind of whoop up for like one more thing maybe run into some trouble here, maybe even like run these highs. This would be kind of like a crazy move. Like if we ran like these uh, 1800 highs from September, but I could see that happening here. Uh, and then you'd kind of run into this. We got a big like kind of supply zone here from, from That's interesting. August, you know, and then you'd be, th 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 this move makes sense to me because you're gonna, you're gonna kind of liquidate a bunch of people by running this high and then people may panic FOMO in, and then you're gonna run into potentially the sell pressure, and, 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 and then we could go down there, and that would be a nasty move as well, right? Um, I was just gonna say, that looks like a, a good risk return on a, on a short, if you wanted to take a small trade around that, those like two horizontal lines, like call it like 1800-ish, it looks like where, where you've driven it. If you look like, um, you know, if the top of the range is 2100, 2200, but the, the bottom of the range is 1000, looks like a decent, yeah, planning ahead up. here, like if you are somebody who does like like to trade, right? Like if if ETH does push up higher here and it does run like you know seventeen eighty five or seventeen ninety or so, if we get like above this little zone here, run these highs, run into this like supply zone up here, and then kind of like break back down below here, that's a pretty good short like you because you, you could have a long way down and then i think you have like an easy invalidation above like if you reclaim back above and retake like it, it, yeah that you're, you're you're in trouble there um what i think people should be looking at now like if they want to get long and they're they're feeling like i need to be long and i'm not long enough is that um here let me clean this up a little bit so what i'm looking at is so th this is a big kind of range here if we look at about where is this about like the 1345 level right mm -hmm. this is like a really big level that i'm i'm looking at on e this is like kind of where we sent it on the ftx pump with the pre-ftx pump before we died right this became like the this became resistance after that ftx dump we kind of we we, we traded down to a thousand back up to 1350 and formed like a little range here we got one tap two tap three taps four taps five taps on this range 
this little consolidation um, in early January here, right? This is where I said, oh fuck, we're gonna, we're gonna rip. And I bought like resistance, which is not something I usually do. But I think in this instance, I was like, if it pops here, it's not coming back. And it popped, it popped pretty good. And we didn't, we didn't come back. Um, and you, you've been left on the sidelines if you missed that move. But what's interesting to me here is that um, I, I think like using, uh, I don't know if anybody, are you familiar with like, like Fibonacci levels and retracements? Yep. A lot, yep. lot of astrology voodoo stuff, right? But um, I don't know, they work, they work for me. So if you take this kind of in, the bottom of this like impulse move here, right? You say that this move from 1323 up to like 1667 or so, like, like say that that's like a, the move that we want to buy the retrace of, right? What I like about this setup here is that, so first of all, one of the reasons I'm short is because like, I just sort of saw this like as like a range here at like 1611 that we kind of pumped into. We got above it, failed to hold dump below. I saw this as like a, a deviation. I got short around like 1600, 1601 or something like that. Um, if we get back above here and hold, um, you can see how still we're, we're, we're failing to, to kind of push back above and hold this level, right? If we get back above here and hold, I'm like, fuck it, I'm out. Cut the short, I flip long, I, I change my thesis to that we're gonna run this high and I move on with my life. But as a short where I took it, the reason I like this play is that like you're, you're getting short here, right? You get a pretty, I think you can be aggressive with your stop and put it here, you know, 1646 or something, you know, you'd say that's no good. Um, what we're doing right now is like kind of dangerous like we are making all of these like look at all the higher high, higher high higher high higher high higher high higher high look at all see all these like see how we keep making all these wicks with higher 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 highs mm -hmm. this is kind of building up like a uh, a big uh, liquidity stop loss run to me right and you even got this nice little trend line here right kind of that we're so what happens in situations like this is you, you want to put yourself in a situation where like, okay, we could be breaking this trend line. I have a little room above, but then if price kind of like breaks down from here, right? It's going to run all of these stops. There's just complete error below, right? Like if you look at below 1510 on the chart here, there's nothing. You got nothing like it's just like Wiley Coyote ran off the edge of the cliff. He looks down. There's nothing below him. You're just you're just going to go down and running all of these stops here is going to be like fuel for a move down. So I really like the risk reward of the short here. It, to me, I'm not really short anyway because I already have so much ETH like I'm still long, but this allows me to manage my risk can, and give me more cash to buy on a on a dip. Can you give me the math on the risk reward there? Like uh, if you. So I'm targeting. Yeah. Let me tell you what I'm targeting on the short. Like, well, so first target is going to be the bottom of this, this kind of like 1508 range. Like, cause you could just run this range and you say like, oh, we're, we actually don't break out of this range and you don't want to just like round trip your entire position. So I will take some profits at 1500 or so. Like if it looks like we're going to hold here, um, if I'm at my computer, I won't have a like automatic buy here. I'll just set an alert and then I'll monitor what happens to price in real time so that if it just blows through it, I don't just, you know, take profits for no reason. But if I go to bed, I might 
I might put like a take profit level here because I can't watch the trade in real time. But on this short trade from 1600, like what I'm targeting is I'm targeting this little zone of consolidation here, right? You see this? Um, we've got right around the, this is about the 1425 to 1395 level. Um, this is, this is a beautiful setup for me because this, this consolidation here was the kind of like refueling point before we blasted off and like took out all these highs, right? We haven't tested this demand yet. You would expect this to hold right? If we're going to get a retrace, if we're bullish here, and I am bullish, right? For the, the, the medium term, right? What's also great about this zone is that you have, it, it's, it's literally directly in between the 70 and the 79 FIB levels, which are like my, like I want to buy in this zone when I make this like retrace play. I think this is like an interesting play that people can like have in their arsenal. It's not like that difficult to execute. We have like an impulse move from like a critical spot. We're retracing this much of it. Um, we want to buy here, so you've got a you've got a zone of demand to buy in, and then even if you're wrong and we lose this zone, you could get aggressive and cut this trade. But if you're buying spot anyway, like you have this like 1345 level here, which like I don't think we're gonna go below that. I mean, never say never in crypto, but this is the top of the range. Like everybody's gonna be tripping over themselves. Like we might front run this like area, you know, I'll probably set buys like even before this because I think we're yeah. probably front run it. So um, can I try to provide some context around yeah. it and maybe, or maybe you can clarify context. So you have a, a, a lot probably a larger bag that is call it two quarters out medium term long, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you're like, I'm looking a few weeks out and I want to hedge when, when, when there's, when there's the opportunity to. So what you're talking about here, this, the short at around 1600, maybe a stop loss around like just short of 1650 and, you know, potentially buying back in slash taking profits around 1380, 1400. That is your kind of short-term hedge. Do I have that correct? Yeah. 14, 1420 to yeah. 13, 1395 to 1420 is like my real golden zone. I'm going to take a little profits at the bottom of the range we're currently in, which is at about like in the low 15s, call it like, you know, 1505 or something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking to play this larger move down, which I think would be incredibly healthy for crypto. Like this isn't even that big of a move, right? Like from the top yeah. to the bottom there, that would be a 17% move. That's, that's child's play for Ethereum. Like the real thing, you got to be scared of is if something happens, like, I don't know. And it really scares everybody. We dump like below the range. We do a 25% dump. That's entirely possible. We, we do those all the time as well. That's the one that really will mess with people's heads. But like, I am, I'm, I'm not banking on that. I think this is the good buy zone here. If you've been sidelined, um, I even think buying some at the bottom of the current range at like 1500, like if you want to add a little there is okay. There's no guarantee that we break down here if like the rest of the market is strong, if the S&P continues to be strong, right? But there's good confluence here for like the, the the big dump. If TradFi does get a little shaky, it reassesses the PCE data. It's like, ah, maybe we're not pricing in recession enough and kind of takes like a dive or some, some other right. kind of surprise happens. Yeah, I think you could see that. Um, and these trades are easy for me because like if I'm wrong on this trade, I lose the trade and I feel kind of bad. 
but I've actually made money overall because my net my net spot position is much larger than the the hedge. So that's what I wanted to ask you is, can you just give me a rough idea of like, you know, what percentage, uh, short this is like, is this 20% of your, your long bag? Is it 10%, you know, like how much are you using to hedge a a kind of medium term long position? I still do the hedge mostly on the basis of my trade risk parameters, right? Right. I have much higher risk parameters on my spot long-term holdings than I do on my trades, right? Like I might be okay losing six figures on like a spot position if I just have long-term conviction. It's just a long-term bag, right? But I might only want to lose like if it's like a like a little quick like low-risk scalp trade, like I might only want to lose like one or two thousand dollars on that trade, right? So I mostly am still sizing this as though it's like a like kind of like a swing trade for me. Like I have like a relatively high risk tolerance on my swing trades, like positions that I might hold for like a week or so. Um, so it's, it's, it's probably this position is probably ends up being like 40% of my spot position. Yep. I've built like a pretty sizable position in it actually, but some other, some other hedges I have, are, you know, maybe 20 or 30%. And keep in mind as well, I also sold like a lot of options, right? Like very close to the, 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 the peak. I sold a lot of, uh, I think Calls. I sold 2,100 options for like February expiry. Um, and, and I, that, that to me is just like, okay, like I'm targeting the top of this kind of like 21, 2000 range anyway for ETH. Like I'm looking to probably heavily reduce my position if we trade there, because like I've, I've seen this movie before in 2019. I do think there is a risk of us, something bad happening later in the year. I'm going to take like my 100% gains and, and, and go home, like if we trade above 2000. So I'm okay selling the cover, they're covered calls, right? I'm selling calls on ETH that I already have in my portfolio. And if it hits, I'm like, well, whatever. But if it doesn't, yeah. like, and we trade lower or even better, we trade up there, but not in time for me to exercise, then like, oh, well, I'm, I'm making, I'm making money on that position. And I'm kind of getting the best of both worlds, you know? Where, where are you, uh, selling those calls at now that uh ftx is is no longer like where do you seeing liquidity to even put on a oh, trade i've, I've always i've always used deribit deribit okay cool yeah um which is a great option for our our, our foreign friends or our uh, creative uh creative friends, friends. <laughs> <laughs> um well as we start to to wrap up i think this is a good uh, description of like a setup for the next week you know people can either play along it's certainly not financial advice but uh you know watch along or just for entertainment value watch uh steven get liquidated on this little play i think uh <laughs> we'll we'll be we'll be certainly playing along you can hop in the discord to kind of uh you know chat about it we'll be looking at it all week um, I was trying to think of things to look forward to in the next week. I, I know there's, uh, you know, we have a probably a interest rate hike next week. Uh, Jerome Powell's going to have a press conference. There's probably a ton of earnings releases coming out next week. So we'll definitely have some more to talk about on Friday. Is there anything else you're looking forward to, uh, over the next like seven days? Uh, not too much. I mean, like what, what you described is accurate. We've got we started today with PCE, but there's a bit of a minefield of earnings and data coming in. Like I, I could see it being rocky, which in my mind is another great reason to like have these trades on where I think I have like a big, you know, big upside to the downside and a small risk to the upside. I, you know, I like putting that bet on here. Cause I think like there's probably a larger risk that some, something like spooks us and, 
corrects us at this point. Like, I feel like we've already priced in like quite a good deal of the Goldilocks already. So I don't know how much better upside surprise could come into the data relative than the, to the downside. Uh, so that's my logic in, in that. Uh, other than that, I'm just like kind of watching some alts. Like there are some alts I want to take a position in and, uh, you know, maybe it's a better topic for next time. Cause we could probably talk okay. about that for another, uh, another hour. Uh, just all, all my, all time watching. I will say I am I am just I am looking to get on board the Doge train. I've been I've been looking at this chart and it it looks pretty juicy to me, honestly. <laughs> I'm just like like if I keep seeing this like little four hour compression here kind of going on a little bit, um, Doge does have a have a tendency to do these just Uber God candles and uh it's it's been a it's been a while. We're in uh this is the two hundred and 63rd day of sideways from this exact price uh for doge so if you what do you mean sideways there's just like this huge move up from five cents to 15 cents (laughs) this is a volatile coin sir this this is just uh, this is just it's 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 almost just like you could almost just call it a range well uh i I came back from uh vegas with zero gambling alpha alpha and so uh i think i would prefer to play this game over uh over blackjack or craps yeah, I mean, I picked the wrong dog coin. I think uh, I think Shiba ended up super sending, but I don't have anywhere I can uh, trade it at the moment. So you know, <laughs> rip me. Um, also, would love to pick up some some more Lido. Um, you know, I don't. I'm torn. Like on the one hand, we're sort of at resist. You know, the 100 IQ is oh, we're at resistance, right? But also, I feel like this thing could enter price discovery if we go full bananas mode. And if we do go full price discovery, like it's going to blow through it pretty quickly. You will, it'll, you'll never get a retrace. Right. So I, I think there's sometimes there is merit to buying this like consolidation under here. And if I was a little more bullish on the market as a whole, I might buy here, but I, I still think there's, there's a really good chance. Like if we dump, we do, we do a similar dump in Lido and like kind of, yeah, I don't know if we'll do dump forty four percent. That does look pretty good, but <laughs> but like I, I could definitely see like a uh, you know twenty twenty five thirty percent dump if it gets pretty ugly. If ETH dumps like seven you know fifteen percent, like we're thinking it might, that that could easily happen here. So I don't sure. really want to eat that move. Um, also been accumulating like so, like an Arbitrum portfolio, which we can talk about next time as well. Because I've yeah, uh, let's let's do that uh, next week. You know, that. like it's it's good Goldilocks talk when things are moving up. We like to transition to the, uh, um, you know, to to the uh, riskier coins. So let's uh, let's table that for for next week. I think that'd Edmund, be fun. Edmondson just say Adam, and he's I pulled up my Adam <laughs> chart, and I've got like the I've got the short setup drawn here. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! Adam, Adam looks pretty bad to me uh, right now. There, of course, there's a possibility we drive up higher here, but this is kind of the the one, two, three lookout below thing. I'm a little worried about. Just take out these lows, trade. But, but I, I think like if I could get like some Adam, you know, like around here, like this, this sounds nice to me. Like if we trade back into the, you know, the the low, the low tens or something, that, that might be an attractive uh, level to to rebuy um until then yeah i'm happy i've got exposure to the upside i've got exposure to the downside i'm, I'm hedged uh, you know moisturized in my lane thriving feeling <laughs> feeling good about stuff i have no problem flip-flopping and buying higher if i think i see this the strength because I, I have a plan for it but like yeah i think it's a 
good time to exercise some patience and restraint and 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 not FOMO in. Although, like, I I will entirely concede that Bitcoin looks really good and it, like it's very plausible to me that this stupid Bitcoin chart could just like absolutely, uh, you know, rip here um, to from twenty three up to thirty three. <laughs> you know, gay or something like that. I think that move is 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 in the cards. It's non-zero. It's happened before. Um, oh, one last thing before we go. I forgot to bring this up, but I want to uh, you know put out a, a obituary for the the ETH BTC uh, triangle. Rest in peace. Um, I remember we. I remember we, I, I drew this like something a fractal that looked like this from yep. the in in our chat with David and. Uh, I think I drew it and I was like, choose your bets. <laughs> and well, we I showed him the fractal from the summer where we did this and kind of oh, died yeah. and it's looking exactly the same. <laughs> we had this. this is why uh, triangles are triangles aren't cool kids. Triangles are they're 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 pretty they're pretty damn useless. And they <laughs> often uh, disappoint you and make you sad. So, yeah, we had a <clears> solid <throat> break out there. We had a lot of a uh, lot of taunting of Steven happening in the discord. I was not. Oh, uh, he's taunting back. A lot of taunting, a lot of taunting. Some people in the Discord have been very quiet about the triangle lately. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is definitely in the cards, right? That we get a little kind of like, if, like if if BTC decides to go like full chat on us up, like you can see ETH dump down here to like what point five seven. That'd be a pretty big sell off in the ETH BTC ratio. And I'd be excited. It, it would be interesting if the sell off happened because BTC ripped, not because the whole market dumped. But that is. That is definitely in the cards. Although I think this is probably a pretty attractive level to 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 buy ETH at. I, I don't I don't know if we're gonna go full Benjamin Cohen and just kind of dump here into. Uh, I know I was like a a, a a big proponent of that in the past that we might uh, kind of dump back down to these uh, like these. Where point zero three, point zero four, yeah, point zero three yeah. levels. Um, I think uh, I have some leftover Bitcoin shekels. I think. Uh, I would certainly trade them into ETH around that 0 0.055 level, point you know wherever around there. If we if we headed back down there, yeah, I mean this is this is probably like the you know the put your kids' savings into ETH level here, you know at the uh, <laughs> I think 0 0.035, like, yeah, close to point point yeah. zero three. If somehow that happens, then yeah, <laughs> but I don't I don't I don't think we go that low. I hope we don't go that low. If we go this low, something bad is happening. Um, and I like to think we're just going to have a little bull fake out, moderate amount of pain, a year of boredom and go back up. That's like what we should be hoping for. That's like the least pain for everybody. We all get to get back on board the train. Uh, we feel good. We get a little bull run starting in 2024. That's like sustainable. And we move on with our lives. We don't run back a 2008 financial crisis or anything like that later this year. Okay. All right. All right. I think we're approaching our hard stop. That's been a fun little live stream and a review of the magic lines. If you're listening to this on a podcast app on Monday and you want to watch this live and you want to watch the, the magic lines, join us on YouTube, go to alphalphapod.com, hit subscribe, and you'll certainly get the notifications. We'd love if you join us there. We'd love if you join us in the discord. Um, and again, um, yeah, good luck everyone this weekend and next week. And we'll see you back here on Friday. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Bye.